0: This is episode 28 of The Shauna Kay Show. Welcome to The Shauna Kay Show. I'm your host, Shauna Kaminsky, health, wellness, and anti-aging specialist, and the best-selling author of the book, Lose Your Menopause Belly. I'll provide simple lifestyle hacks for you to regain your health and get your sexy back. Tune in for practical, easy, actionable steps to upgrade your health today. I'm especially excited today with our guest, Samantha Gladish, who is a hormone expert. She's a women's health and wellness coach and founder of holisticwellness.ca And this is a website dedicated to helping women lose weight and balance their hormones through delicious food. Samantha coaches and supports women from around the world on natural beauty, holistic health, and nutrition. Her philosophy is that through changing the way we eat, think, move, and care for our bodies, we can heal ourselves and live a life we love. Through therapeutic lifestyle changes, whole foods, and straightforward guidance, Clients become confident and empowered to lead healthier and vibrant lives. In this episode, Samantha provides some easy and simple solutions to help us start balancing our hormones right away. Hey, Samantha, so glad that you could join me on the Shauna Kay podcast. Thanks so much for having me here. I'm so excited to be here. You know, hormone imbalances are like such a big topic. And it doesn't like with my uh, tribe, but it doesn't seem to matter with age, whether you're 40, 50, 60, 20, or 30, like people are, are suffering with hormone imbalances. Would you agree?
1: Yes, absolutely. It doesn't matter your age. We, we all are having hormonal imbalances, especially with our lifestyle these days, with the stress, yeah. and especially with I find so many women nowadays are like super high achievers and type A personality and very go-getters. Um, yeah. So the stress level has just become at an all-time high.
0: So I don't know if it, if it makes my menopausal women feel better or worse to know <laughs> that, hey, it's not just menopause. Everybody's having some hormonal imbalances. Maybe you could just give us some ideas of what's actually leading to all this imbalance.
1: Absolutely. So there's numerous things. Like I mentioned, stress definitely being one of them. And you know, stress, it can come in in multiple forms, right? We're all dealing with stress in various ways, whether that's finances or relationship and family, going to a work that we hate every day. You know, these sometimes we might not think that these are big stressors, especially when you want to compare them to something like losing a loved one or being, you know, very sick or something like that. Um, We tend to think of those as stressors in our life, but, you know, it's these everyday things that are piling up and piling up and leading to more mental and emotional exhaustion. And this can really start to slow down our adrenal glands, our adrenal glands also communicate with our thyroid gland. So if you've got high functioning adrenals, you're going to have a low functioning thyroid. And now you've got this low functioning thyroid, which governs the metabolism in our body. And then this is when we can start to experience things like issues with fertility or weight gain or irregular cycles or missing cycles and brain fog and memory loss, right? So you know, stress is definitely at the core of it, but outside of that, there's things like environmental toxins and from our food, from body care and beauty care. You know, women are slathering on 20 products sometimes just in a day and yeah. think of all the chemicals that can be in just like one lipstick or, you know, one right. body cream. Yeah. Um and our, our skin is our largest organ. What's going on in the skin, we're absorbing that. It's going to slow down detoxification of the liver, and the liver detoxes and metabolizes our hormones. And then, of course, food plays a really big role. If we're stuck on this cycle of constantly overdoing you know, the gluten and the dairy and the sugar, fast, fast foods, this is really going to impact our hormonal health as well. Wow it's just like,
0: Oh my gosh, a lot okay. of things. <laughs> all right. So now we're completely overwhelmed. So <laughs> Oops. And not at all. No, I mean, these are the facts. And this right. is, this is a thing is that, that, that our hormone imbalance is, is not just one single thing. It's, it's a myriad of different things that, that could be affecting us. Right. So, so, what happens a lot of times with overwhelm is like oh my gosh we just throw our hands up in the air and we don't, don't do anything but i know that you have just some simple strategies like let's start with something what yeah. simple strategies could we you know implement to optimize our hormonal health cuz i you know so that people listening to this podcast can be like you know not just throw up the white flag but just start something today that's going to move them ahead and i know that you have some answers for us
1: Yes, absolutely. And I do get the overwhelm. And it doesn't mean that creating hormonal balance and optimal health has to be overwhelming. And it doesn't mean that we have to go invest in all of this crazy testing, which don't get me wrong, can be very helpful. But there are really simple lifestyle tweaks that we can start implementing. And the number one thing is our sleep. This is huge. So creating a healthy boundaries and a healthy routine around your sleep schedule is so important. If we are not sleeping, we are not healing. And so, and especially if we are missing and and skipping out on sleep, this is going to start creating hormonal chaos by driving up more of our insulin and our blood sugar as well as our cortisol. So Mm -hmm. how many times have we had a few sleepless nights in a row we're probably not craving kale salads. We probably want to have like chocolate and carbs and pasta and pizza. And that's thanks to the lack of sleep and the blood sugar irregularities that's happening. And so- Yeah. So your sleep is really important. So you really want to get to bed no later than 11 p.m. And that sweet spot of really getting into deep sleep and REM sleep is going to happen between the hours of 10 p.m. to 2 p.m. So that's really two, where... Two oh, 2 sorry. 2 a.m. Yes. So 10 okay. p.m. to 2 a.m. And that is really where a lot of regeneration and rejuvenation is going to happen, especially with brain health as well. And so that's where we're going to get really good quality sleep. So if we're hanging out on the couch and watching Netflix and going to bed at one o'clock in the morning, this is where, you know, our health can really start to decline. And so the healthy boundaries, sorry, go ahead.
0: And I was just going to say about, you know, the, the common theme with so many people is just on the couch watching TV or falling asleep watching TV and that blue right. light, it does affect our ability to get into REM sleep. So even if we are getting the
1: hours, we might not be getting the quality. That's right. Yeah. And so great point. And that's exactly where I was going to go Perfect. because we, we are so consumed with this like junk food. But we have to also think about junk light, and that is the blue light. So if you're spending a lot of time on your computer or you're spending a lot of time watching Netflix, yes, that blue light coming off the TV screens, a phone, whatever it might be, is really starting to impair your melatonin production, and that's going to impact your sleep. And so I have the blue blocking glasses. Do you have them? I do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're a game changer, and they're not very expensive, and- You know, if you're going to watch TV at night, put on your blue blocking glasses. I wear them when I'm in front of the computer during the day as well. I have two pairs. I've got the yellow pair for like the the computer and then the red pair. That's like the heavy duty pair that you wear at nighttime. Um, Got it. And so it really does have a great impact on my sleep, and it it helps me fall asleep a lot quicker.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, and the other thing too is with sleep, it's actually what we do during the day that impacts our sleep. So most of us are waking up and going straight to the office, and we're sitting under artificial light, so we're not exposing ourselves to this natural lux light. So if you're going to the office, you're probably getting maybe 400, 500 lux light from that artificial light versus going outside for a 15 minute walk first thing in the morning. And you're going to expose yourself to 20,000 lux light. Mm. Wow. Right. And that really starts to set your circadian rhythm, your serotonin production, your melatonin production. And if you can just get outside for 15 minutes in the morning and just do a quick walk around the block, get that, get that light, even if it's not sunny. Yeah. Yeah that's going to have a really positive impact on your sleep.
0: Very, that, I love that. Uh, and you know what, that that it's, I've had 25 years of dogs and dog walking yes. first thing in the morning. And so, so that has been just an, like a byproduct, I, I've always when you say fall asleep faster, I'm like I don't think I could actually fall asleep faster. I was <laughs> just brushing my teeth then, but part of it is because you know I never even thought of the morning walk and that uh, you know the natural sunlight helping the, with the circadian rhythm and. So that is a great, and you know what? There are so many positive benefits of just that morning walk, the fresh air, the peace of mind, the, you know, the parasympathetic, um, you know, activity that, you know, we all think, Hey, we have to have a super hard workout, but if we're already living a super stressed life, we have so much cortisol pumping through us already. Having that peaceful morning walk with sunlight, you know, calms our, calms everything. So I love that idea.
1: Yeah. It's really, it's really great. So I guess the other tip is that everybody should get a dog.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, or a cat. You're a cat person. Yeah, or a cat person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a dog person, but you know, I'd have a cat if I couldn't have a dog. I'd probably take my cat on a leash, whatever. But right. uh, I yeah. have to. When,
1: I mean, when we have a backyard, we're in the process of moving. So when we have a backyard, oh my God, the first thing that we're getting, I, I want to get is a dog. So Oh, it's challenging when you're in the condo to have a dog. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But you know,
0: I love that you brought up as a simple strategy sleep because it is so underrated and such an like easy strategy. Like everybody has 24 hours in the day. Like, let's give ourselves at least seven to eight hours of that to give to ourselves, you know, like we don't have to buy sleep, pay money for it. It's not a pill powder potion. Like we all have access to sleep if we allow it and create the environment for it and create the lifestyle for it. So it's such a simple solution for hormone balance and weight loss.
1: Yes. Huge for weight loss. 100%. Um, Like I said, if you're not sleeping, you're not healing and that healing is going to help support and balance out your hormones and especially cortisol and insulin. Those are fat storing hormones. So we really want to make sure we get those into check, which is also support support weight loss.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I know that my women, you know, that are approaching in or through menopause, you know, there are some hormones that are going to be imbalanced. That's the nature of, that's what menopause is. And we can't necessarily control those ones, but we do so many things that we can do to to help with insulin and cortisol and sleep. Brilliant. Easy. We can all have access to that. Any other tips for us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to our meals, I, I always think of the PFF approach, which is the protein fat fiber approach. So I think that we often get in our heads about if it comes to weight loss specifically, we got to eat salads all day long, but that's not actually going to truly sustain you. And you're probably missing out on truly having satiating balanced meals. And so let's look at our plate and do we have enough protein on the plate? Do we have enough fats? And do we have enough fiber coming from vegetables? And I always say it's what we do most of the time that counts. And so, right. So it's not like you have to completely forego all the chocolate and the wine and all of that forever. But if you are, you know, doing 80, 85% of the time, you're eating healthy fats, getting in lots of vegetables, getting in good quality protein, and then you want to go out on the weekend and have some pizza or have a glass of wine and go out for dinner or whatever it might be, that's not going to tip the scales. Right. Right. It's when we're doing those things all of the time. Right. And overdoing the carbs and the sugar and all of that, that's when it's going to have an impact. And so I think it's important that we kind of get out of our heads about this needing to overhaul everything overnight and it doesn't have to be that way. And the other way to look at it too is Don't just think about what you take out of your diet and what you remove, but focus on what you just need to add in. And as you start to add in more quality foods and more satiating foods, it's going to lessen those cravings and you're going to start to even change your palate. I find that happens as we start to eat less sugar, our palate changes. And then when we go to eat the sugar, we realize, whoa, it's it's actually really sweet. Yeah.
0: And a lot of it is when you're talking about what we can add to our diet it takes away the mentality of deprivation yes so changing the mindset of of you know that diet mentality of hey i can't have that i can't have that let's talk about the things we can have and the benefits of having those things and then the the benefit of feeling fully satiated when you are eating foods that are fueling your body because i feel like sometimes some of the cravings we're having is because we're missing out on important Uh, nutrients and then the mindset of just the deprivation mindset.
1: Totally. Yes. And I feel like the fat phobia and the fat fear often can, um, can take over thinking if we eat too much of the avocado, it's too much fat or, you know, cooking in just uh, in butter. Oh my God, that's going to lead to weight gain. Right. Right. So there's this like diet mentality and diet culture from like way back in the what, like seventies, eighties of low fat that, you know, we kind of need to break free from and these fats that actually build our hormones that build our brains. So when I Fats, I'm talking about things like your avocados or grass-fed butter or coconut oil or olive oil, avocado oil, olives, things like that. So we don't just want to focus on saturated fat from your butter and your coconut oil, but monounsaturated and polyunsaturated like your olive oil and avocado oil. Those are going to be great. And so getting in enough fats will really help with the blood sugar balance and help with those sugar cravings for sure.
0: Well, and, and also along that line is so many people feel that, oh, carbs are bad as well, but like carbs aren't bad. Fat's not bad. Protein's not bad. Like (laughs) there's nothing, but it's the quality of the carbs. Right. So, and it's the quality of the fat as well. You know, like like eating avocado is a lot different than eating, you know, some of the trans fats and, you know. And french fries. Yeah. (laughs) wrap. Yes. And the same with our carbohydrates. Our body needs carbohydrates as well, but let's let's feed the, you know, our body with the healthy carbohydrates, not just like croissants and exactly potato chips, which are, by the way, the magic fat gaining food with fat and carbs together. Low quality I fat know. and carbs together.
1: Yep. Which is why it's like one of the number one cravings, especially for me, right? It's like, if I want to indulge in something, it's like, give me chips. You've got the fat, the carbs, the crunch. I'm like, yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. It's like, it hits everything for me. I love it. But
0: we also have to know that, I mean, manufacturers, they have scientists creating these foods in laboratories that are meant to create uh, cravings so that we just keep buying. They're not going to make yep. foods that aren't tasty. Of course. So, so, but I know that for me and probably for you that, yes, although Miss Vicky's has my name, all you know, she's calling <laughs> my name. I can easily resist, you know, junk food or, you know, less healthy. And I don't want to label foods, but Foods that are less nut- nutritionally dense.
1: When I'm full of nutritionally dense foods, totally, one hundred percent. And you know, and oftentimes too, like at nighttime, if I do want to indulge in something for watching a movie, like sometimes if I just have a little bit of seventy percent or eighty percent dark chocolate, like one or two pieces, I am totally it's satisfied good. with that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally satisfied, and I don't tell myself I can't have it. Can't. Exactly.
0: Just the the. I feel like there's always room in our nutrition plan for everything, for the Miss Vicky's, for the chocolate, for the wine, for the pizza, but it's all within moderation. Absolutely. And so, I mean, I'm a big I'm a big fan of of uh, flexible dieting, so to speak. One
1: hundred percent. I totally right? agree with you. Yes.
0: Um, can you talk a little bit? I know that a lot of people uh, in my in my my listeners are. Are dealing with autoimmune, dis, you know, disorders, particularly yes. Hashimoto's. Tell, I know that this has been your struggle. Um, you've had experience. What, what can you tell us,
1: your, about your experience? Absolutely. And so, you know, autoimmune conditions are definitely on the rise, and there are genetic components to it. All the women in my family, on my mother's side of the family. All have autoimmunity. Uh, my mother, grandmother, all my cousins, female cousins, like all of them. Um, and then environmental triggers will play a role as well as, you know, gut issues or leaky gut. And so I n- first started noticing symptoms, I would say it was beginning of 2017. And I. <coughs> Sorry, I've gotten sneezes today. Okay, no no problem. Bless you. And so I started to experience these, you know, just these weird symptoms showing up in the beginning of 2017 and I had a lot of brain fog. My sleep was really just impacted and I couldn't sleep through the night or fall asleep or any of that. And I would go to the gym to lift weights and I had a really hard time gripping the weights. I was experiencing pain like in my joints and in my hands and I just, I couldn't grip anything. And I had worked, you know, I've worked with women for 15 years now and I've worked with so many autoimmune issues in my practice and especially with Hashimoto's, there's such an array of symptoms and strange symptoms that show up. And when I, I will never forget that day being in the gym and lifting those weights and saying to myself, I know exactly what this is. This is Hashimoto's. Like I just, I knew it. And so- A few days later, went to see my naturopath. I got a full thyroid panel um, requisition, and um, and sure enough, my antibodies were quite high, and um, and so that really began this journey of me, you know, healing Hashimoto's. And yes, diet plays a huge role in that, but my number one priority was focusing on my sleep because I knew I was not going to feel better, especially when you have thyroid issues. You're already feeling so fatigued, yeah. so sleep was a huge priority for me, um, as well as going on the AIP protocol, the autoimmune paleo protocol. So it's just really about, it's kind of like the paleo diet, but a few steps further where you are eliminating all things like nuts and seeds and of course the gluten and the dairy and the sugar. Um, yeah. Even like uh, herds or spices that come from seeds, so like no fennel, no mustard seed like it's oh, it's interesting, it's, yeah, it can be quite restrictive, um even things like black pepper, so and certain spices um definitely. No, um, like dairy and things like that, I think I mentioned. Uh, And the nuts and seeds were hard for me because I love almond butter and sunflower butter. So that was like one of the things that I was like, no, I don't want to let go of this, but it's it's worth trying in order to feel better. And so, you know, I made a few tweaks and um, with just sleep, diet, managing stress, and of course, going on a really strategic supplement protocol to address some deficiencies and whatnot. And within a matter of six months, I managed to bring those antibodies down quite significantly. Mm. And so for the women that are listening who have thyroid issues or have Hashimoto's or autoimmunity, you know, you can 100% get it into remission, but it really does, it takes a commitment and yeah. it does take having to, you know, make some, whether it's a dietary or lifestyle tweaks, you probably need to make both, yeah. um, in order for you to really start experiencing, um, you know, uh, better to get rid of your symptoms or um, to really start experiencing, um, you know, more wellness. And so you can get there 100%, but you just have to know it takes time. And I've had many women email me or comment on my Instagram or whatever it might be and say like, oh, I've been following the autoimmune protocol for two weeks now, nothing's happening. So I'm just, I'm just going to go on Synthroid. And it's like, that's, that's not the solution. You right. know, in two weeks is not nearly enough time. Yeah. So we really have to give ourselves time. You know, here I am now, two years later, and I, I finally feel like I have a, a much bigger handle on it and yeah. understanding of it and um, have changed things so dramatically in life and diet and whatnot to truly help, you know, bring it into remission. And so, yeah. Well, I was going to say
0: that the good news, though, is that all the healthy changes that you made, there, uh, the benefit of it is like we should all be eating more healthfully. We should all be, you know, sleeping more. It's not just this one protocol just because you have this autoimmune disease. Like, right? This is something like that we should all be doing anyway. And they're not. I don't want to say they're huge things. Um, but but they're doable things. You might've had like a more restrictive diet, but I think over time you can lighten that up a little bit. Is that correct?
1: Yes, absolutely. So I'm at a point where... I have brought in some nuts and seeds and I brought like the eggs back in, um, things like that. And it's just really paying attention and tuning into how I feel when I eat these foods. Right. Um, yeah. Connecting and, the dots. Absolutely. And just paying attention to my symptoms and what might show up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the other thing to mention too is that I obviously, you know, being a nutritionist, knowing all the info information that I know I've, I've obviously always eaten really well and been really conscious and stressed and sleep and all of these things I've been conscious of. And so when I got that Hashimoto's diagnosis, for me, it was time to just level up. And that meant- yeah investing in some further hormone testing and some gut testing because I really wanted to get to the root of it. Yeah. And so it's not to say that that's where everybody needs to start, but if you're like, I'm doing all of the things and nothing is getting better, then that's when I recommend, okay, it's time to dive in and let's get a look at your hormones. Let's yeah. maybe do some gut testing and really see um, you know, what what's going on on a deeper level.
0: Well, I, I think the key is getting the direction, the coaching to, you know, and and you're an expert on this. So, you know, I'm just giving you a plug, Samantha. (laughs) Thank you. If, if, you know, some people are really struggling with this rather than kind of just circling the drain for another year of just feeling sluggish and horrible and not really getting any answers, like take the bull by the horns and saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to really, you know, take care of this. And it's not that you're going to get an immediate cure, but you're going to be on the road to be doing the things, the things that are going to take time anyway to, but you might as well, like at the end of the year, you're going to get results. Why not get the results that you want?
1: Absolutely. And I mean, working with somebody is going to allow you to get those results faster. Correct. And on top of it, you know, I get how we can just go online and Google our symptoms and whatever it might be, but you know, that's, that's not going to get you where you need to go. And so I, I know a lot of things, but I have a huge team of people I work with. My naturopath, my osteopath, my right. massage therapist. Like I also have a, a nutritionist um, who, who helps me because sometimes I need that, you know, kind of kick in the butt from somebody else right. um, to oversee what I'm doing. And so I have a team of people that I work with and it's right. important that you build that team and that support group around you.
0: Well, you can't see the full picture when you're inside the frame. So that's why I always uh, suggest that everybody get some outside eyes. And so having said that, I want to make sure that people know where to find you. And and you've got a blog, holisticwellness.ca. That's That's your your website, and you've got your own podcast. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that one?
1: Yes, absolutely. So the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast, um, it basically, it's exactly, we dive into exactly what it says. Yes, hormones. So from all things, PMS, PCOS, menopause, and everything in between and diet, nutrition, all of it, um, hormone testing, we cover it all on that podcast.
0: So you're going to want to go find Samantha there. And I know that you've got some some very exciting things coming up in the next year so that uh, people really need to to be following you and uh, your wealth of information. And I really want to thank you for being on the podcast. I know that you've given us some, you know, just really simple solutions to get started feeling better.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Well, thanks so much for having me. All
0: right, Samantha. We'll catch up with you again soon take care that's it for today this has been the Shauna Kay show head to podcast.shaunakay.com for show notes and more see you next time